he's like, oh, hey, my dad said he had fun. And she was like, oh, yeah, well, we had a bit of a moment. And if I was Reggie, I'd be like, did you try, you try to kiss my dad? Okay, literally, though. I was you like, tried to kiss, you had a moment with my dad? Of all the people. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, uh, he's an abuser. There are hotter dads out there. Yeah. Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 27-year-old actor and artist. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I remember way too many details that no one else cares about. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere, and our fun fact for this episode is, if you could bake arsenic into a baked good, which baked goods <laughs> would you murder people with? This is such an unhinged fun fact. This is, this is the funnest of facts. Yeah. I would say that, like, the baked good that I am the most... Confident making is is probably cookies. In preparation for this fun fact, we did ask our Alexa uh, if uh, you could taste arsenic. Um, so the <laughs> the authorities will be at our apartment uh, probably mid podcast. We'll just tell our randomly assigned CSIS agent that it was for research only. For research only. Other than that, I would say if I could make like any baked good, I think nobody can resist a really well baked flaky butter croissant. Ooh. No one can resist one of those. That's you know what a I mean? good one. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Yeah. Cause like mine is really specific, but you're mm. right. That's a universally yeah. good Like I voice. can't make that, but if I could, I feel like that would work. Fun fact, my cousin Jillian can, mm. and they're incredible. Yeah. My name is Brittany Ray and I sound like a man today. <laughs> I'm a 32 year old artist and writer. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Appertania where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. Today I have a cold. And yesterday I had a cold in the day before that you know what i also had a cold because apparently everyone in the world is a cold this week yeah or uh, or covid yeah she did take a test and uh we're good to go there but um apparently yes. I, I have to take multiple tests in order okay. to find out if it's positive because my sister it turns out has covid all right you guys mid podcast we are taking a test and we will tell you <laughs> but i i have this like unhinged theory that i could probably get that swab like yeah. where it needs to be in my nose. Yeah. Well, yeah. I want to see you try and do it. You know what? And you will. And you're going to go, <coughs> it'll be really funny. It's a Patreon exclusive. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, so my choice was like what I would want to eat the most, mm. which is a banana bread loaf. Ooh. There's this one banana bread loaf from the uh, Maui swap meat. Yeah. That I would get every time we would go in Kaului. And like, it's iconic to me. It's so good. It's like slightly crispy on the top. Like it's caramelized on the top. And then it's so buttery and soft. And I'm like, ah, if someone poisoned me via that, I would be like, I get it. You know what? That's the way I'm going to go. And I can't complain. Yeah. If I'm going to go, I'm going to go. Thank you so much for giving me a good time before then. Yeah. Yeah. Today we have words to say about episode 609 of Riverdale, the Serpent Queen's Gambit. So let me just uh, complain. I like the time. No, here's the thing. The Queen's Gambit is a great title. It's like, was the serpent necessary? Yes, because it's about the Serpent Queen. I thought it was clever. Sure, yeah. I just think that, like, they named them mostly after films and stuff. And uh, the Queen's Gambit is is a thing. Like, we don't... And, and also, Percival says and calls her the Serpent Queen this episode. I would have put it together. All right. I don't know. Felt a little clunky for me. But... You know what? And it can. Sure. Thank you. So The Queen's Gambit is a 2020 American coming-of-age period drama. Um, it was a mini-series based on the 1983 novel of the same name. The title refers to The Queen's Gambit, which is a chess opening. 
Um, it's beginning in the mid-1950s and proceeding into the 1960s. The story follows the life of Beth Harmon, a fictional chess prodigy on her rise to the top of the chess world while struggling with drug and alcohol dependency. I uh, didn't know that's what the Queen's Gambit was about. I was like, huh, chess. Every episode is about chess, I assume. It's about chess. I know things about chess. Yeah. Going into thoughts from listeners really quickly, thank you so much to Blanche on our Discord server. We had last episode been like, the last time we saw Penelope was uh, when she like came and did the witchy wind thing after she got out of jail um and blanche reminded us that uh there was a whole storyline about a church that we fully forgot about. oh my god no it's that i blocked that out because it was so stupid yeah but i don't recall the end of that being like penelope leaving so i guess she's just around oh but yeah. we never see her so yeah they just never really explain where penelope goes when she's not around the thing is that napolt is really busy being a vancouver milf yeah so she has just, she just has other things to do. It takes time and energy, and we need to respect that. Exactly. Yeah. Would you give this episode a toot or a boot? I would give it a toot. I was, it's certainly not a boot. Um, no, certainly not a boot. No. I would absolutely agree. I think as this show slowly comes to terms with it being what it is, yeah. there are less boots because they're not trying to for it to be like serious, I guess. Yeah. So I would I would give it a toot. G- closer to a newt, though. Okay. Yeah. I'm definitely putting it firmly in toot. Um, it continues- Oh, you firmly tooted? I firmly tooted. Yeah, firmly toot this. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think so far, like I said last episode, no duds uh, in the back bit of this season mm-hmm. so far, other than Rivervale, uh, which honestly also had some pretty good episodes. I think I just really didn't care for episode one. Um, but other than that, I've liked everything about season six so far. Um, I would actually say that of the episodes that we've gotten recently that weren't part of Rivervale, this one was probably my favorite so far. I think Rivervale overall could have been way better executed. Yeah. So... However, I cannot help but uh, give a shout out to 604, which is one of the best episodes of Riverdale of all time, which was the one about Thomasina and Abigail. Yeah, that's why I'm so pissed off at whatever is going on with Abigail now, because that was such a beautiful episode. Yeah. This is not what we saw. I have a running list of like the best episodes of Riverdale, and I put that one on the bottom of my list. No, it it should it deserves it. Yeah. Yeah. You're you were right for that. Yeah. So we're gonna go into uh the episode here. Um we split it into two storylines. So the veggie storyline was separate enough, uh, but we found that the Cheryl, the Archie, and the Tony storylines all kind of uh intersected a little bit yeah, too they're much. Very together. Um so we are going to cover veggie and then we'll cover the rest of the episode. And so Brittany did the veggie storyline. Now please bear with me guys, because my voice is gonna start to give out. No worries. Oh we do have to mention the things that they need to know. Oh okay so not seen the episode. Um it's Riverdale. Mm-hmm. So the rules don't matter. Yeah. So Jughead can just straight up read minds now. Yeah. Which means that they can use that as a weapon, I guess. Yeah. Uh Percival, we still don't know what his deal is mm-hmm. yeah we are still not 100 sure what his deal is but he had is now getting tony off of the council so C- tony is no longer on the council because percival got rid of her and also is now trying to get rid of all of the gangs kevin is trying to take baby anthony because of the gang stuff fangs is presumably just still in jail like basically percival has enchanted most of the town to yeah. do his bidding mm-hmm. so like alice has her stupid shoes on and frank yeah. has his stupid shoes on everyone's just doing his bidding all of the ghoulies except for twilight twists are dead now yes all of the yeah the ghoulies are dead as well as oh cheryl is now back in her body they got rid of abigail 
Um, you guys will not believe yeah. where they put Abigail's spirit. Yeah. Inside it's in the Julian. Julian doll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I, I'm going to save where they put the doll for later in yeah, the episode because sure. it's so funny. Yeah. But uh, hang on. Daddy, do you want to say hi to the podcast? Say hi. Say hi. ASMR. 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 In other storylines, Ronnie has no supernatural powers, yeah. and um, it kind of sucks. Yeah, Ronnie is once again not part of any main storyline. Um, however, <clears throat> Marty has started going a little bit too far into the gambling at Babylonium, and then it's revealed later that he actually only has a few more years left to live because of his heart uh, problem. And now Reggie is working with some uh, bad dudes at the dealership to just so that Marty can have like a nice time. Which, I mean, he, he's too good a son for what Marty deserves. Yes, yeah. Marty is dying, but I said what I said. Alright, I think that's it. Yeah. Reggie rolls up and tells Ronnie that his dad is feeling a bit better and he wants to visit the casino. Isn't that nice? However, he's lost his mojo and Reggie wants to make him feel like a big shot. Ronnie is totally in to help his dad get his mojo back. This is the plot to Austin Powers. Is it? Yeah, he has to get his mojo back. All right. Yeah. Oh, great. I thought that it was so adorable when Reggie came in and just immediately like gave her like a kiss on the cheek. And I was like, they're in love. They're a couple in love. It's like, they're together. And then every episode, like Veronica does something to annoy Reggie. But then the next episode, they're just back together again. And it didn't matter at all. I feel like I just wanted to say, I'm sorry, because I feel like I was, we were really hard on Veronica last episode. Um, and I wasn't trying to s- slam her in any way. Um, I just think that they write her in a way that like is confusing. What did Ronnie do last episode? Well, we just talked about how she was like, just like her dad and how it was like fair that Alice was being that way to her. And I stand by that. Yeah. I just like, I don't want anybody to think that we're like hating on Veronica. No. Um, it's just that like the way that she's written is like frustrating. Yeah. It, they write her to be just like Hiram. And I don't know if the writers like recognize that's what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So like a lot of Ronnie's stuff seems like so self important and self-aggrandizing because she's written just like Hiram. Yeah. So. Yeah. I still love her. Yeah, for sure. And I have so much love for Ronnie. I just wish that she wasn't Hiram 2.0. Yeah, I just feel bad, especially this episode that, like, Reggie's like, hey, you're doing this and this and this. And Veronica's like, oh, well, I wasn't trying to do that. And then um, he just gets mad at her for it. Oh, yeah. I have a lot of frustration with Reggie yeah. in this episode, actually. Yeah. So the scene later where we see him talking to the doctor about the fact that our, our Marty doesn't have very much time to live, that's a flashback, right? That yes. happens before this scene? Yes. Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. And I genuinely thought that they were going to rig, they were going to rig the casino to Marty. I thought so, too. I was like, oh, that's cute. Because you guys are already doing illegal things. Why not? What's one more illegal thing between friends? Yeah. But then, like, even later when Marty was like, hey, Veronica, can you help me? And Veronica was like, no. I was like, what? I thought you guys were... Okay. I think they were just, like, giving him, like, the VIP treatment, like, if he was a whale. Yeah. You know? Okay. Which, like, makes sense. Yeah. So Ronnie welcomes Marty to the casino and gives him their best table with her favorite dealer, who I noticed isn't Peter Brown from season one of Big Brother Canada. It's not. Where is he? Dude, what's going on? Where's your man? I don't know. You need to collect him. There's not a lot to say about this scene other than, like, hey, Marty's here, and he looks a little bit less um, intimidating than he used to. So then a whole bunch of other stuff happens in the other plot lines. Marty returns to the Babylonian a few days later. Another guy who isn't Peter Brown from season one of Big Brother Canada informs Ronnie that Marty is down like $7,000. Yeah, so maybe do something about that. Bestie, if you're not using that money, I'll take it. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Like, you got $7,000, I need $7,000. The problem is is that Marty does not have $7,000. He did at the beginning. (laughs) So Ronnie approaches Marty and she's like, hey, are you okay? Because you've lost like at least one down payment on a Glamour J egg. Mm -hmm. 
And he tells her that he's fine. And actually, can he borrow $5,000? Yeah. The audacity of this man. Yeah. Ronnie can't exactly do that. And she instead suggests that Marty cut his losses, which he isn't super into. In fact, he's super insulted, which is rich coming from a guy who just asked his son's girlfriend for $5,000. Yeah, no kidding. And then later he's like, can you talk to Veronica to talk to those guys? <laughs> like, I'm like, you're uh, a weenie. Yeah. Um, I never forgot that this man used to beat Reggie, and yeah. I I will never get over that. Yeah. Yeah, he's playing with Geraldo's guys, and these are, like, the guys that continue to be, like, the wise guys that we see throughout the episode. Yeah. And she's like, oh, hey, how are you? And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. And then <laughs> Veronica's like, well, you're very sweaty. Yeah, um, you don't look great. Hey, is your dad okay? Because he every time I see him, he's just really sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> and so this moment I'm wondering is, like, because... Like we said, Veronica seems to think that these things that she's doing are, like, good and are, like, helping people. When, like I said last episode, the things that she does are not victimless crimes. No. And so, like, but she doesn't seem to put together this episode that, like, clearly the things that you're doing aren't helping people. You know, like, it's like, oh, a bad thing happened to Marty. And she's not really, like, putting together the fact that, like, oh, I'm doing this to multiple people, not just people that I know. Exactly. And I don't think she'll, if she'll ever put that together. Yeah. Honestly. So, I, I don't know. I was just, like, not sure why we aren't now having another change of heart. Um, you know? Yeah. yeah. Probably, honestly, because she doesn't have the money to have the change of heart. Yeah. Later that night, Ronnie is in bed. She tells Reggie that she and Marty had what I would call a super frickin' awkward moment over him losing a lot of money earlier that mm-hmm. day. She asks how Marty got into debt with Hiram, since those things could, I don't know, be related. Mm-hmm. Reggie corrects her and says it was for improvements to the car lot, and he's now also insulted. He accuses Ronnie of trying to stop his dad's fun. She's like, um, no, he just seems like a super irresponsible guy, and I care <laughs> about you not being emotionally manipulated by him, but all right. Yeah, exactly. That's literally basically what happens. Is like everyone craps on Ronnie this episode. Yeah. Which, uh, that's my job. So she's reading a magazine and it's called Rubius. Hagrid? I was like, is this magazine named after Hagrid? No, I think it's named after Rubies. Is it a real magazine? No, or I don't is this think a, so. or is this a, if, if no, what is it a parody of? I don't think this is a real magazine. Okay, it's just fictional. I think it's probably just like a gem magazine, you oh, know, sure. like For about pearls diamonds. And posh, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, ba- no, but like basically, yeah. yeah. I liked the moment where um, he's like, oh, hey, my dad said he had fun. And she was like, oh, yeah, well, we had a bit of a moment. And if I was Reggie, I'd be like, did you try, you try to kiss my dad? Hey, literally, though. I was you like, tried to kiss, you had a moment with my dad? Of all the people. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, uh, he's an abuser. There are hotter dads out there. Yeah. It's true. I know. Uncle Frank isn't a dad, but he's around. You know, he's yeah. there. There's like no dads left anymore, actually. The Hot yeah. Dad Club. R.I.P. Yeah, it just kind yeah. of like upset me. He was like, are you trying to like stop my dad's fund and like stop him from doing this? And I'm like, no, I think she's trying to stop him from going into debt, actually. Yeah. She's trying to stop him from doing exactly what happens later this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm team Veronica on this one. Mm-hmm. Me yeah. too. Uh, understanding having seen the episode... That Reggie is obviously, like, already in mourning for his father, basically, and is, like, trying to, you know, like the nurse said, just have him have a good time before he literally passes away. It's straight up heartbreaking. But, like, at what cost? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And the cost is literally his relationship with Ronnie. Yeah. As it turns out. Yeah. And also, like, when your father does eventually pass away, he wouldn't want you to have lost all of his assets 
to gambling. You know, he would, you know, what all of the things that he left you in his will are just not there anymore. You know, he wouldn't want that. When Marty goes, if he doesn't have a magical transplant, which he probably will, like Reggie's going to need someone. And the fact that Reggie hasn't told Ronnie about Mm. what's happening doesn't bode well for Veggie, in my opinion. Right. Because there's a fundamental mistrust between them. Yeah. So they seem more like friends with benefits than anything. Mm -hmm. It's, It's giving Hermione and Hiram. Yeah. So... I don't know. It bums me out and I hope they fix it because I think they could be super good together. Mm-hmm. So Reggie goes to his dad at the car lot and Marty, who is in fact irresponsible, lost the car lot in a poker game with some Italians. Yeah. He says he couldn't stop playing. You know, he just, he was losing and he just had to keep losing. And I'm like, you're bad at gambling. <laughs> Can Ronnie talk to the wise guys into giving him his car lot back? This man. The audacity of this man. Mm-hmm. The audacity of this man. Yeah. He's like, I made a mess. Can Ronnie clean it up? And I'm yeah. like... After you disrespected her earlier? And also, like, not to bring up the abuser thing again, but I know this man is dying. And, like, I know that that, you know, each thing changes case, you know, context around every person matters. But this guy is a fictional character who beat his son, so I'm like, F- this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he keeps calling them wise guys, and Geraldo called them wise wise guys, and everyone's like, bring in your wise guys. Everyone just calls them wise guys? Yeah, Don't, play wise with guys. People. Don't play with people whose title is wise guy. Are you, you kidding? Are a wise guy? Yeah. <laughs> like. It's so funny. It plays into every, like, Italian mobster, Mm -hmm. like, mafia stereotype, and, like, I'm not even mad at it, because, um, my cousins are Italian, so I think it's funny. (laughs) My cousins are New York Italians, so it's doubly funny. He said that after, like, it was, like, basically after the casino had, like, closed or whatever, they left the casino to go and play at Kachina Sakasa, which is the same place that Hiram killed those guys. With the same freaking tablecloth. Yeah, the same tablecloth, the same layout of the room, the same only three guys around a table. Like, I genuinely thought that Reggie was walking in there to murder those guys, just like Hiram had done. Like, may I just say, they're just repeating the same crap that they did with Hiram. This is just the same story again. Yeah. Uh, All of this has happened before. For, and all of it will happen again. Yeah. I did, uh, lastly, just want to say that the guy who plays Marty is actually pretty good, I think. He's, he's actually a very gifted actor because yeah. he's really good at, un- and I don't know how he does it, he's very good at seeming kind of like a weasel. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, he's good at being, like, small. Mm-hmm. And I think it takes someone who is very comfortable acting to be able to do something like that. Yeah. It's kind of like, and it's also, like, kind of feels like an abuser tactic as well, mm-hmm. being like, what? How could I have hurt you? Exactly. Uh, look at me. Uh, you know? Yeah. It, it's um someone who wears shame but has pride. Mm. And I think that it takes a really good actor to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. I think that he should be on shows that aren't Riverdale. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. Okay. So Reggie does, in fact, go to Ronnie about the car lot. It turns out that he lost it to some of Geraldo's wise guys. Mm-hmm. She agrees to talk to them. But in return, can Reggie just admit that his dad has a problem? And Reggie is like, wait, so you can hang a portrait of your dad who like killed a bunch of people and was one of the worst people to grace this earth with his immaculate hair and abs, but I can't help my dad out with a tiny gambling problem. And when you put it like that, Reg, I guess that's yeah, fair. That was a really good, and it was a really good moment for Charles. Great, yeah, great episode for Charles. Great episode for Vanessa, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about later. Yeah. Um, but great episode for those two, which is part of why I really loved this episode was because it was so it, it shined such a light on Charles and Vanessa, and I think that they are very underrated. Yeah. And so yeah, great episode for Charles. And I loved that moment where he's just like, "Cool, my dad does something small." I mean, like we said, small. he he you, he used to hurt you. Um, but like my dad does this, and suddenly he's a pariah. Is that the right word? Uh, yeah, I would say so. 
and your dad does a million bad things, and we... Your dad kills people. Yeah, and so, and, and we hang a deific... Yeah, portrait of him in our home like, and in our where office. Where we can worship him whenever we... No. Like, listen, I have my problems with Ronnie and how she's probably stuck in this cycle of writers being bad, mm-hmm. but she had that one coming. Yeah. But at the same time, she was also only trying to help uh, Marty because she could see that, like, you know, he's in trouble. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's fair. I was right. Pariah means outcast. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you use the right word. So Reggie decides he's just going to handle the wise guys on his own. Yeah. And Veronica's like, mm, okay. I I guess. And I'm like, okay, he did make it. It's it's hard because I'm They both, both have points. They both have points. Yeah. So it's like hard for me to say like, oh, you should have done this or you should have done this. Like probably if I was Veronica, I'd be like, no, no, sorry. You did ask me. That's a good point. Let me do something about it, you know? But like after he talk to her like that, I'd probably be like, okay, good luck with that. It's a rare moment of uh, self-awareness from Riverdale. Yeah. Which is hysterical. Mm -hmm. Because, sorry, not even a rare moment of self-awareness so much as it's accidental good writing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Reggie pitches buying back the lot from the wise guys. However, like very smart businessmen, they've decided to expand the business already and it's gone up in value. So Reggie can buy it at its new projected value plus like $100,000 or so. Mm -hmm. And Reggie is actually intrigued by the new plans Mm -hmm. and informs the wise guys that he'd be the perfect person to run interference for them, keeping things looking on the up and up with the public. Yeah. This is genius. Tell me that the guy who sat in the middle didn't look like the guy from Princess Bride that was like, inconceivable! He kind of did, didn't he? Is that the same guy that I'm thinking of? I don't... The guy who sits at the table with Wesley? I don't actually know, dude. The guy who sits at the table with Wesley? I've seen this guy at multiple cons. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like his name starts with a W. Wallace Shawn. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's who I think he looked like slightly. All right, well, fair enough. Yeah, like I said, I fully thought Reggie was just going to pull a high room and just kill a bunch of people in this literally exact same room. Yes. And yeah, so he says you have to buy the profits for five years. So I guess what he said was that it was originally $100,000, like the the amount that the car lot was. Yes. Was $100,000? Yes. And I'm like, man, we sure did, uh mess up we were down seven thousand dollars yes and that is significantly less than a hundred thousand dollars it sure is so we really escalated that and yeah reggie said he need that you need somebody to, to interface with the public because he knows the people who live here and also someone who knows how to run a car lot so that it doesn't seem suspicious that they're not actually running a car lot and they're doing bad things on the side the man is a good little scammer yeah these are all great points for reggie and uh clearly it works which is so now reggie's in on this yeah but. He doesn't seem, like, upset about it, so. I'm kind of proud of him. Yeah. For being a uh, good, wise guy himself. Yeah. He kind of is a wise guy. He is. Veronica's wise guy. (laughs) Just like her father. Just like her father. So Reggie tells Ronnie that he got the dealership back and that Marty has been banned from the casino, which Ronnie didn't want. Yeah. She asks if Marty's going to get help, but Reggie says he's fine. Okay, bestie. It's giving delusion. Yeah, that's kind of the... Listen... Reggie just needs to be honest about why he's doing this for his dad, and then it'll make more sense to Veronica, you know? Ronnie would get it immediately. Yeah, because Veronica's just like, okay, you're doing things that I didn't even want, and this isn't even, okay. You know, like- This is bad couple communication, I'm gonna be honest with you. You know what I think that they need? What? They also need a portrait of Reggie in their office. Explain. Veronica gets a portrait. Hiram gets a portrait. Reggie's also working in that office. Reggie should get a portrait. Reggie should get a portrait. Yeah. Get, cl- get now that Cheryl's in her own body again. Commission. That's commission. Actually, that's a hilariously good idea. Have commission. Commission. What 
producing a tradition from Fiddler on the Roof. Good. Thank you. That was very funny. <laughs> Reggie finds his dad happy AF and playing cards with the wise guys at the dealership. Apparently, he's having the time of his life. This makes Reggie happy because apparently Marty's heart is failing and he's too far down on the transplant list to get one in time. He has a year, maybe two. So all Reggie can do is make Marty's final month as happy as possible. Yeah. So... Marty doesn't even know that he's dying. I think he does know because a doctor would have to tell their patient that. Yeah. I think that was the doctor telling Reggie Reggie the bad news. Okay. If I was Marty then, I mean, listen, Marty's not father of the year. You know how I can tell we're Canadian? Mm. Marty. Marty. Marty's not father of the year or anything, but if I was him, I'd be like, hey, I sure don't want to be a burden and super inconvenience my son in my last year. Mm-hmm. You know? If it was me, but whatever. Who knows? Who's to say? Yeah. Uh, Alright, that's the first storyline, but uh, the other one is pretty significant, so the bulk of the episode is still to come. First, we're going to talk about Patreon real quick. Uh, it is a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite creators. We have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash theafficionados, and and it is a monthly donation. $1 gets you early access to all of the podcasts. This one comes out a day in advance and all the other ones come out a whole week in advance. $2 gets you access to our Discord server. $5 gets you a 10% off discount code to visit Binnyland, which is Brittany's shop where she sells stuff. I did rebrand y'all. It's super cute. And uh, Hybridy Embroidery where I sell stuff as well as a Lost and Found Candle Company where a lost host, Casey, sells candles. Um, so you get 10% off on all of those places. And if you can't help us out on Patreon, buy stuff from those places. And that you can also get something cool while supporting us. Yeah. Um, $10 is my personal favorite. It is our uh, Patreon-only podcast, which is called OK Love You High. Um, and you guys can check out the previous thing on this feed is actually a little, like, 10-minute clip of one of our recent episodes of OK Love You High, where we talked about what the Riverdale characters smell like. Yep. And I had fun doing that. I had a lot of fun doing that because I know that all of our opinions were so correct. Yeah. Like, I know Hiram smells good. Yeah. Yeah. However, thanks to AJ on our Discord server who was like, hey, you said that Betty uh, doesn't wear perfume, and I agree, uh, but I also think that she just wears lotion. And I was like, that's oh, so true. duh. That's so true. AJ, yes. you're a genius. Yeah. So go and check that out if you guys want. Um, and we'd really appreciate it if you can't help us out on Patreon. Like I said, check out those places where we sell stuff. And other than that, just recommend us to a friend. That also helps and it's free. So you can either recommend this one to a friend, any of our other ones to a friend, and maybe just check out our other ones if this is the only one you listen to. Yeah. Do whatever you want, besties. Yeah. We'd appreciate that. Thank you so much. All right, moving on to the big storyline. Uh, Archie comes home to find Percival just chilling with Uncle Frank and talking about a town census that he's running. Wait, I know what my favorite line of war is. Okay. What the hell are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> Archie, be nice. Archie tells him to get the heck out of his house, and Uncle Frank tells him not to be rude. It's extremely funny. Yeah. First of all, Archie in a beanie? That could be KJ. I don't know that man. That's, it's true. I can't see his hair. How do I know who it is? My favorite part of like Archie and Abini is like, it reminds me that the odds of us running into KJ doing something weird in this city are low, but terrifyingly they are never zero. No. Yeah. Yeah. I know several people who have just seen KJ do weird stuff. The time he was just jogging shirtless in the rain. Mm -hmm. Why was he doing that? I don't know. It it was f***ing December. Mm -hmm. Why did he do that? I have questions. Sweaty? I guess. Wanted to? I don't know. He's a weird guy. So something that Uncle Frank and Percival are talking about in the background, they're like, we don't understand this generation. Not like ours. And I was like, I'm like, uh, how old are you? For some reason, I thought that Frank was older than him, but maybe not. No, I think Frank is older than him. Yeah, but not by much, maybe? 
I'm like, Percival seems like he's in his 30s. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. I thought that he was actually similar to Archie's age, maybe slightly older than Archie, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, I thought definitely 30s. Definitely yeah. older than Archie, but mm-hmm. yeah. I think, yeah, Archie is in his, like, mid to late 20s now. Mid-20s, probably. Um, and I thought that Percival was in his 30s, and that Frank is probably in his 40s. That's what I thought. Frank is in his 40s. Yeah. Um, so it was weird that they were like, our generation, ha ha ha. And I was like, what? Okay, next. So Frank does still live here? I guess so. <laughs> they just switch. I mean, I guess... They just switch over and over again. But Archie shows up and he's just like, get out of my house. And that's totally fair. Archie owns this house. It's his house. He He bought the house. So. He doesn't need manners, especially with some asshole. Like the way that this man is just like a land developer. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just like the worst human ever. Yeah. And so he's like, oh, well, Frank and Alice approved my census that I'm doing. We're going to ask like, how long have you lived here? And what are you concerned about? And I get to meet my neighbors. And Having not seen the rest of the episode so far, I was like, okay, that's weird because he specifically said last episode that he wanted to meet his neighbors. And now he's like, I want to meet my neighbors face to face. And now looking back on it, I'm just like, oh, it's because he needs to talk to every single one of them so that he can be in the like ear and in the mind of every single yeah, one Yeah, he of can them. enchant them. Yeah. So Archie won't answer his questions and gets rid of him. And Frank is upset that he acted like that because he has great ideas on how to make Riverdale better. Um, does he? I, I understand so. why you might think that, Uncle Frank. Yeah, you, I mean, you might have that opinion. Yeah. Uncle Frank, we have to say Uncle Frank in the same way we have to say Baby Anthony. Yeah, no, exactly. So at the Riverdale Cemetery, Abigail tells Britta that she's planning on bringing Thomasina back in Tony's body and murdering Fangs and also Archie, Betty, and Jughead. I would watch it. I'm like, Fangs didn't do anything. Fangs didn't do anything. I would still watch it. Yeah. So Britta is holding... Her umbrella for her. Makes sense because Britta is like a captive. And oh, she kind of is. Isn't she? Yeah. And later she's just like, Jughead, please help me. I am trapped. And Jughead's like, but okay. are you going to be okay? And she's like, yes, because I am a bad bitch. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so Britta mentions that Abigail really loves her tea. And she says it's like very restorative. And I do really love your tea. And I was like, I still think it's weird that Abigail hasn't put together that she falls asleep every single time I'm she like, has it. I'm but. like, Abigail, aren't you supposed to be smart? Yeah. So she wants to reincarnate Thomasina under the blood moon. I'm just like, if Thomasina woke up in Tony's body, she'd be like, what? Like, you did what to do this? Exactly. You murdered people? For, like, that's not... I, I don't like that. I'm kind of wondering if that is what happens, though. Yeah. What? Like, that Thomasina wakes up like that and is like, what did you do? Yeah. How many lives did you ruin Like, if to she do were this? to do that? Yes. Yeah. Um, so she, yeah, she just wants to kill Fangs and everyone else. <laughs> okay. This is unhinged. Hobbies are important. At a town meeting, Percival announces, yeah, another town meeting. Mm-hmm. Percival announces that now he's gotten rid of Sketch Alley, he'd like to also get rid of the gangs. And after the meeting, Kevin gives baby Anthony back to Tony and Fangs and says that he's worried about him being raised as a gang member. Okay, Kevin! Kevin, since when do you care about this child? I really, I really hate Kevin. They I think it's because really he's enchanted. Up Kevin. I think it's because he's enchanted. Yeah. Some gays don't deserve rights. Yeah. Exactly. But he was crappy before now, too. Like, not as crappy, but he was really bad. Because the writers don't know what to do with him. Yeah. Like, Send him to Broadway, then. Casey Cott deserves better than this character. Exactly. Because, like, I feel like they, they're they kind of just like, you know, if his storyline isn't revolving around being gay, mm-hmm. then what do we do with Kevin? Yeah. And it's like, oh, let's make him a cop. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So, the census is already done. So I assume it's maybe, I don't know, been a couple days. That was pretty efficient. Yeah. And now he uses the word unhoused? I don't, I don't buy it. Yeah. I feel like someone told him the optics of it. Yeah. Or the Riverdale writers think those words are like 
interchangeable. Yeah, and it was just, like, a coincidence that the right people were using unhoused and the wrong okay, people Okay, but, were like, homeless. may I just say that's more realistic than anything. It's true, yeah. but if if so, it was a significant coincidence. Yeah. Betty in the sunglasses, I it's laughed. It's hysterical. It was very funny. However, I must say, sometimes she only wears them outside, but then she's not wearing them inside, but then sometimes she is wearing them inside. And so I'm just like, so when does she need, I'm so confused. When does she need the sunglasses? It doesn't matter. But it I'm doesn't. just like, this is not consistent. So then he brings up the gang. I'm sorry, were you expecting consistency from Riverdale? No, I just want to complain. That one's on you. Yeah. Um, so now he brings up the gangs and how there's a war between the gangs, uh, and Tony says there is no war and me and Twyla have been discussing and are about to make a ceasefire, which we will talk about later. It's actually not true. But like also like- but Tony thinks it is. Notice that, uh, the gang thing is back after being gone for yeah. ages. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, did anybody hear back from FP or? <laughs> yeah, like, is FP still helping yeah. or what's going on here? So Percival says, hey, maybe, maybe you should disband the serpents. And Tabitha's like, anyway, this isn't a trial, so let's move on. Tabitha? No one in that town mm-hmm. except for Tony deserves Tabitha. Yeah. She is wonderful. Tabitha rides hard for everyone and I love that. Yeah. She's just an angel sent from above. She fights for everyone. She cares about everyone. I'm obsessed with her. Mm-hmm. Like, the way that she was just so angry when he started talking. Like, the, the the anger on her face was so good. Yeah. She's just like, I don't need to hear any more mansplaining from this white man. Exactly. I just don't need it. I, it it's not for me. Yeah. I just think that Tabitha... I love Tabitha and Jughead, but Tabitha and Betty hit different, and Tabitha and Tony hits even better. Yeah. Yeah. So after the meeting, um, Kevin brings forward baby Anthony and uh, Tony calls him a prince. And I love that because he is. Because he is. she's the serpent queen. Exactly. And Fangs, I guess, is the serpent king, but no one ever calls him that, which is fine because queen is like the higher title. I love it. And Kev's like, oh, I'm going to really miss this baby. I'm having second thoughts about him being raised around gang culture. And Tony and Fangs are both like, uh, we were both raised as serpents and we're fine, but thanks. And you've also like, by the way, just like to remind you, you dated both both of us. Yeah. And we're both really good people. Yeah. I just wanted to say, Vanessa is giving so much this episode. More than this episode deserves. Vanessa is giving too much to this show. Yeah. And, but I appreciate it because this might be a controversial opinion, but I don't know. I never really thought of Vanessa as one of the like stronger actors in this show, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought, you know, she was always uh, pretty good, but she, but this episode, she's really given it. Well, you can see that like, she's really grown as an actor on the show. Yeah, exactly. And like having birthed a baby herself, all this stuff about the baby is really meaningful to her. And I bet, I bet white men have talked to her like that before. You know what I mean? And so I just like, I see reality in her performance and I think she's really good. She's very good. Especially in this episode. Uh, Jug, Archie, and Betty discuss what to do about Pickens. Um, they go to see Cheryl who says that she didn't meet with Purcell because she was busy and then she makes them leave. It's kind of a huge waste of time of a scene to be honest. Yeah. I actually don't know why they put the scene in there. They talk about a lot of things in like the scene where they're talking about Percival and then etc. Um, but like the gist of it is that. Yeah. Which is not that much. So they talk about how he must be casting some spell on everybody. Jughead says he did some research and some people think that mind control is not necessarily a power, but like a skill. They say that his family was one of the original settlers. So maybe he wants the town back. That's what I think. And Archie thinks that he made the people of Sketch Alley leave with his like magic. And that, that I believe is, uh, is canonically correct. Yes. So Jughead's like, can we put him in jail? And Betty's like, I don't think he's breaking any laws. So like, no. 
I mean, he's kind of a dick. That's a jailable offense. Right? And Jughead's like, okay, let's just like beat him up. And I'm like, then you could go to jail, Jughead. I think that's so funny though. Jughead's like, well, what if we just beat this guy up? And I'm like, you know what, Juggy, that's fair. And Archie, ever the voice of reason about beating people up, is like, no. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Arch. Yeah. So they're like, if he's recruiting people, why don't we also recruit people? Maybe this is why we got our power to protect the town from Percival because he's the supervillain. I think this is actually a really sweet idea. Yeah. So then Jughead's like, okay, but we're not the X-Men. And I'm like, why not, Jughead? What if you were the X-Men? Why not? So they go to see Cheryl. She said that she couldn't meet with Pickens when he came because she was having a buttermilk bath. Sounds nice. They are so lucky that Cheryl already talked like this. Yeah. Because the things that she's saying, when you know that she's Abigail, you're just like, that's very clearly like, an old-timey thing to say, but exactly. I believe it. You're like, um, is anyone buying this? Mm-hmm. And apparently, yes. So they're like, uh, well, Cheryl, he has bad intentions, I think. His vibes are off. Yeah. And so she's like, brings up Abigail's thing again, and they're like, oh my god, not again. And uh, they're like, well, let us know if he tries to get you to do stuff, because we're the good guys. And she says, well, spoken like a true villain. And I guess, you know, her thinking about like trying to get revenge on her ancestors I guess might see it that way but if I was Archie I'd be like I guess but I haven't done anything bad (laughs) so I don't okay it's so odd because like of all the people who have a right to speak about their ancestors and like the violence done to them I would say I don't know it's Tony Mm. but they sure did give that storyline to Cheryl yeah Hmm. so after they leave She's talking to Britta being like, let's make arsenic laced scones because she needs a corpse for the reanimation. The funniest part of this is that Britta just goes, goes along with it. She's just like, just kind of hopes they don't die. Well, yeah. And also like Cheryl's like, if you don't do this, then I'm making a scone for you too. And they're like, "Ah, okay. But that, again, this isn't Cheryl. This is. Yeah. 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 She's like, yeah, I need a corpse for the reincarnation. And I was like, isn't that Tony? Like, isn't that the person who, but then later, she explains that she needs a corpse and she's going to put Tony's soul inside that corpse and then Thomasina's soul inside of Tony. So I guess she wants to kill, let's say, Archie. And then imagine that she put Tony's soul inside Archie? Oh my god, this makes no sense. Yeah, like I guess she just did she didn't want to actually kill Tony. She wanted to actually kill Archie, Betty, and Veronica. Or Archie, Betty, and Jughead. I guess. And I'm like, okay, but I cannot get out of my head the fact that Tony's soul would be inside like Archie. (laughs) That would be so so funny. Archie would like that. Actually, no, KJ would like acting that. Yeah. Oh, for sure. KJ would absolutely eat that up. Later, someone does a drive-by shooting at Pops. It's really sad. Twyla, I think, but I couldn't totally tell who it was. It is Twyla. Um, and then I just liked that Tabitha was there and she like immediately like didn't just duck herself. She also like protected the patron of her restaurant. Because um, she's a good person. She is a good person. Tabitha calls Tony and tells her that Percival is trying to get her taken off the council. That's that scene. Yeah. It's, it's an emergency it's meeting. The whole scene. And they're using the drive-by as an excuse. So clearly Percival made that happen. Yeah. And uh, Tabitha says that he probably sees you as a threat because you're like really powerful in this community. I think that's probably true. I think so too. But I also think that um, so much of this just feels so racially motivated. It does. And it makes me uncomfortable because I don't know if the show knows that. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's fair. Betty, Archie, and Jug go to see Veronica who tells them what she knows about Pickens. Again. Yeah. There's a lot of just, okay, so this scene happened. Yeah. It's like, um, I just feel like, and, and I love to see the core four together. It does kind of suck to see like Archie, Betty, and Jug Jughead on one side of the desk and Veronica on the other side of the desk and their their storylines are completely separate. Veronica doesn't have any any superpowers. Veronica's off in a different thing. And it's I actually kind of weird. If I was Cammy, I'd be disappointed. 
Like it's it's very weird. She doesn't she's she's in a complete different realm of Riverdale the show. Mm-hmm. Like there's no overlap. Yeah. So I just thought that was kind of weird. Um, but also, and like I said, I like to see them together, but it didn't really, I don't know how necessary the scene was other than to see the four of them together again, because we already knew all the information. So in a separate scene, Betty could be like, I went to go see Veronica and she told me this. Yeah. But then we complained that we didn't see it. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. I mean, I just like do better. (laughs) Um, so true. Veronica says that Percival didn't come to see her for the census. I wonder why. It's like she, if it's a census... Is it not, like, legally obligated for you to talk to everyone? Yes. Or at least try to talk to everyone? Yes. That's why I'm, like, why is he threatened by Ronnie? I wonder if he just thought she was a lost cause, like, there's no way he could get her to do stuff. I'm also kind of wondering if he's saving Ronnie for something else. Oh, maybe. Veronica's like, I'm in a different storyline, so. Because, <laughs> like, he was at the Babylonian. Yeah. And I'll never say that properly, so That's we should okay. just give up on that. Okay. But he was there, and, like, what was the motive of enchanting someone to kill themselves? I think there he has a long-term to, plan for Ronnie. Because he didn't want the casino to be made, or he didn't want the casino to be legal. But After think, he gets rid of the gangs, goodbye, casino. No, I think there's some kind of long-term plan for that, I swear. All right, all right. Um, so she calls him the male Mary Poppins. Is it because he's British? I think it's because he's British, but I'm also like, that Mary doesn't Poppins make any is, sense. like, nice. Mary Poppins is nice and takes care of children. This guy reads minds and uh, hates, uh, you know, everyone. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that that was kind of weird. He hates minorities. Yeah. So she says he's a ghost. He doesn't exist. Tells them about the guy who killed himself. And they're like, oh, can we put him in jail now? And they're like, how does he have powers too? And yeah. My other note was just Betty only has sunglasses on sometimes. And I think that's weird. <laughs> that's my, literally all I've got. My note is every once in a while I realize that this is supposed to be like Archie comics. And I think that's mm, funny. Yeah. At the town meeting, Tony explains why she's a good person to be on the council. Um, then they put it to a vote. And after the meeting, Alice tells Jug, Betty, and Archie that Tony was voted off the council unanimously other than Tabitha. Okay. Tony makes, like, the best speech ever and gives so many fantastic points that these people have to be enchanted. I think they are. Well, for sure they are. But, like, they have to be enchanted to not agree with her incredible speech. Yeah. And all the amazing points she made. She's literally, like, she's so powerful in the town. Yeah. And then the thing that, like, really bugged me, though, is they didn't have her address the fact that, yeah, I am also a gang leader. Yeah. Like, she probably should have said something about that. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So they say it's, like, a last-minute emergency meeting, and I'm like, the entire town showed up for a last-minute meeting? No way no one was Come busy. on, no one has anything to do in Riverdale. They're all bored as hell. I'm like, some people are working, right? Like, who's at Pops? No, like, it's the way that you know that Percival enchanted all of them into coming. Yeah. He's like, it's okay. Nobody's, uh, nobody's coming to anyone's establishment. Yeah, everything's fine. Everyone's gonna be here. So they're trying to get rid of Tony because a gang member is, like, shaping the town. So Tony's points are, I've spent my entire life serving Riverdale. I have a, de- I went to school. I-, I graduated high school. I have a degree in social work. I'm now the guidance counselor of the school. I was able to save the school from Hiram when he was trying to shut us down. I'm a small business owner. I'm a proud member of the LGBTQIA plus community. And I'm raising my son here. So I'm invested in the future of this town. Um... Who wrote this? She this served. is incredible. She served. She said everything that needed saying. They're completely right. Like, it was It was just, it was a great speech. Yep. It shows how serious his powers are if this couldn't get people to change their minds. Yeah. Because that was amazing. Because the fact that she was like, also, in case you guys forgot, 
I'm gay and iconic. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. Mm-hmm. They're, I mean, correct. And then Betty and Archie and Jughead show up after the vote. And I'm like, they always show up after important things happen and they just get told what happened. I'm like, none of you are useful right now. I'm like, now. that's why you they don't they can't have any say in any of the votes. Yeah. Because they always show up late. You actually have to show up to the votes to vote. Yeah. I don't know if they know that. So Tony's off the council now because everybody but Tabitha voted to get rid of her. And this makes me so sad because in season five, Alice and Tony were like actively like working together now that Tony is like an adult and a professional. And they were like working together to f- save the school. They were yep. friends. Yep. They were so. And like I said, if this had started when Alice got enchanted by Percival, I'd allow it. But she was like this before she had talked to him. Yeah. So it was. They just that made Alice annoying. like stupid again. Yeah. However. However. Fangs was in the audience. It's true. You're telling me that Fangs voted against Tony staying on the council? Exactly. I think they just counted wrong. I think they just counted wrong. Probably. There's no way that Tony is like, goes home and like talks to him at dinner if he voted against her being on the council. I, or, think, I think they just forgot I think him. the vote was also maybe just the council voting. Oh. That's what I wonder. Well, then why does everybody in the town have to be there? I don't know. This is just one of my random theories. Abigail shows up to the school and gives Jug and Archie her poison scones, but when she tries to give one to Betty, she sees her aura and doesn't take one. Um, Archie ate his, but he's fine because he's invulnerable, but they have to make Jughead throw up in the bathroom to save him. This is the single funniest scene in this episode. I loved it. It's so funny. I loved it. I do have to say, this shot of Cheryl slow-mo walking down the high school hallway while all the people behind her, like, stop and look... Very Sharpay in season three, or in High School Musical 3. Yeah. It's yeah, very that. Yeah, yeah. I, when we watched it the first time, I was like, this is a Sharpay shot. This is a Sharpay shot. I said it out loud. It's, it's true. She important. said it. She yeah. said it multiple times. Um, it's nice to see them at the school. Yeah. You never remind us see that this. They, I'm like, oh, so you guys didn't destroy the set. Yeah. Remind us that they worked there. Thanks so much. Cheryl's dress or Abigail's dress. Iconic. I don't know about it. I love it. I thought the shape was weird. It's uh, very on trend. Mm. It's the, the silky shape. It's like this. I think it's either silky or silky. Um, regardless, it's this brand that is basically doing dresses that are short like that with like the little empire moment that actually is like above your boobs and it only works on skinny people. Mm. But, um, it's very on trend. Well, I didn't care for it. I thought it was weird. And you know what? That is your right to think that's weird. Thank you. I will say, and I'm gonna, this is a hot take that I think I'm right about. Even though it's only built for skinny bodies, those dresses look best on big girls. All right. I just think that it's just really top-heavy and not in, like, a cute way. Yeah, the sleeves were a bit much, but yeah. I love the the pageantry of it, you yeah, know? Yeah. It's it's giving drag queen. So, I just wanted to say that if not for their powers, Betty's and Archie's in particular, they're all just, like, dead. Yeah. Like, Abigail just actually murdered them. Yeah, and Next. I think that's really funny. And she walks in to see Jughead and she calls him Dearest Jug Jug. <laughs> And I'm like, since when do you call him that? That's a lot. And he's like, she walks in and he's like eating the burrito or something. I love him so much. A-B-E, always be eaten. Always be eaten. Always be eaten. So Betty sees the aura and is like, dude, are you trying to poison me? And Cheryl just kind of just goes, ugh, and like leaves. It's actually really funny. She like concedes defeat immediately and is like, ugh, yeah, I guess I am. And then just like leaves. Even if she had murdered them, this would be so easy to pin on her. Hmm, the autopsy says that they were poisoned by a scone. Everyone saw her walking in with a bunch of scones. Listen, Abigail's not good at murder. Mm -hmm. So she walks in and Archie ate straight up the whole thing. This is my favorite moment. He's a growing boy. My favorite moment. And Betty's like, oh, actually, it's fine because you're magic. Yo, um, the crumbs that are around that desk, like, he inhaled it like a dog. Yeah, it was great. If you know that Archie's invulnerable, why not run to Jughead first? 
like Barchi writes. Then, exactly. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I yeah. just thought it was funny that she was like, Archie! Oh, actually, you're fine. Oh, no, Jughead! <laughs> but, like, if she ran to Jughead first, the Bugheads would be like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's true. Bughead. And I'm like, listen, besties, I get it. Mm-hmm. No. It's over now. Sorry. It is. I'm sorry. Jughead had only had a few bites, though, which is good. He hadn't eaten the whole thing like Archie had. And so Jughead has to puke it up. If I was a student in this school, <laughs> um, you walk into the bathroom and you're just like, what are these teachers doing? Oh, no. Like, do you know how obsessed I would be oh, with our teachers' sure. lives? Yeah, and and we would definitely have like a school wide Discord channel to like talk about the lives of the teachers. Hundred percent, I yeah. would be obsessed with them. I would be like, "What is wrong with these people?" Yeah, yeah. Tony talks to Fangs that night and suggests turning the serpents into a political group, but Fangs this isn't is a into it. Bang an idea! It's a really good idea. This is such a good idea. I'm obsessed with this idea because it's 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 such a natural thing to do mm-hmm. with gangs because you know whether anyone wants to hear it or not a lot of gangs actually do do things like that they actually do have social issues i don't know much more about gangs other than you know everyone has facets and different things that they do but i think this is a very natural fit especially for them and this is what the serpents should evolve into because they've always kind of always done this well that's exactly what i was gonna say in season two we saw them like jughead was like stop peddling drugs or whatever and then they were like um they're christmas presents for children exactly like they're they're actually really good people yeah um no i completely agree and she's like let's rebrand them um like into political activists like the black panthers we'll do community programs we'll help the youths and the seniors fantastic but then fangs isn't into it and he's just like so you want like the ghoulies to take over and she's like no like the fbi would help us with the ghoulies and he's like you want the fbi to like fight our battles Yes. And it's like, yeah, yeah because I do. then Percival would stop coming after us because we're not, like, a gang doing bad things in his mind. Because there's, like, literally, there's different types of gangs. Like, there's yeah. gangs whose main goal is, goal is, like, chaos and violence. Yeah. And then there's gangs who, like, were created out of social and economical, like, vacuums. And I feel like that's what the serpents are. Yeah. And that's what, where they came from. Mm-hmm. And so the natural evolution for them would be to then give back in the way that, like, people like the Black Panthers did, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And so he's like, oh, well, the serpents won't like it. And she's like, well, if we're both in it together, then maybe they'll be into it. Uh, But Fangs is, like, not gonna agree, which is too bad. Makes me sad, to be honest with you, because I think it's a great idea. Yeah. Kevin breaks down their door and finds guns in their room. Listen, this better be Enchanted Kevin, because otherwise, that bitch is cancelled. Like, I think it is Enchanted Kevin, but I'm also like, there has to be a sliver of reality in, like, the people that Percival enchants. You know what I mean? I don't know, because I know that Percival's main goal was to basically disarm Tony in every single way. I just mean that, like, Kevin already was, like, unsure about the baby and, like, all these things. And, like, Alice already had that sort of prejudice going in, you know? like So he preys on people's existing... Existing prejudices. Prejudices. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. So I don't think that Kevin is, like, as bad as this, but I also don't think he's perfect or innocent, obviously, because of the things that he was doing last season. Which sucks, because, like, once again, this is a queer character that Mm -hmm. y'all are messing with. Yeah. You need to think of the optics. Yeah. And so, yeah, Kevin breaks down the door, and they're just sitting there eating dinner. Like, imagine, like, you're a bunch of cops, and they rush in or whatever, and they look, and they're like, who are we attacking? And it's just, two, like, a couple sitting and eating mashed potatoes and they're like hello exactly and so they're like we have a warrant because we got to report there were illegal weapons in here and tony's like no and also who said that and we never learn but i assume it was just kevin yeah someone must have because fangs did in fact have them of course but 
I want to know who ratted them out. Yeah. And we don't know. No. So they're like, go check the room and they find them. And I'm also just like, hey, the baby is sleeping. Can you guys shut up? Thank you. That's rude. And so Kevin's like, I'll go check on the baby. And that's when Fang like kind of attacks Kevin, which is totally fair. But you can tell that they were waiting for him to like touch Kevin and attack an officer. And now Fangs is arrested. Yeah, that's kind of the whole police tactic thing is get everyone so riled up that they can't control themselves and then be like, oh my God. They're trying to attack the police. Yeah. And so they're like, Kevin, why are you doing this? And Kevin doesn't answer, but like, it's to get primary custody of the baby. Yep. And there's like this look between Tony and Percival. And I'm just like, God, I hate you. He's he's very hateable. He's yeah. doing a great replacement for Hiram yeah. sort of energy. Mm-hmm. Tony asks Fangs about it later in the jail. And he says that Twyla came to him personally. And he and the serpents were going to have a rumble with the ghoulies. Why? Why, you stupid himbo? Why? So Tony promises to get Fangs out. And she's like, where are the weapons from? And he's like, they were actually mine. And she's very disappointed about this. It's a great moment for Vanessa. Vanessa is so good this episode. Yeah, she's great. He says it was going to be a battle royale with the ghoulies because they reached out to me since you didn't want to fight anymore. And all of the serpents want to fight. And yeah, Vanessa's just putting her whole chest into this episode. And I said, thank you. We don't deserve her, Mm -hmm. but we get her. And thank you. So Abigail tells Britta that all three of them lived, but she needs to go see Tony to collect some of her blood for her ritual. Yeah, sure. You know how you do. Okay. Yeah. So Britta's worried that they actually died. And Abigail's like, I have no idea how they all lived, but whatever. Like, I'm like, be suspicious, be suspicious, you know? She has no uh, concern for anything, I think. Yeah. And Britta's like, are you going to stop trying to kill them? And she's like, no. No. Why would I do that? (laughs) So understandably, Archie, Betty, and Jughead wonder why Cheryl tried to murder them. And uh, they want Jughead to go and read her mind to find out. I think it's a great idea. It is a good idea. I think it's absolutely hysterical that we are in a world where Jughead Jones reads minds. I also think it's funny that at the end of last episode, Archie was like, hmm, like a little suspicious about it. I think Jughead can read minds. And now it's just like, Jughead, go read her mind. And Jughead's like, okay, Okay. so they figured me out. Yeah. (laughs) So Jughead obviously feels sick because he was poisoned. Why is Cheryl trying to kill us? Because of the Abigail thing? That seems like kind of, you know, if it was Cheryl, it'd be like, okay, this happened a million years ago. It's not really something that you like murder people over for them. Maybe Percival got her to do it. It would be a good way for him to have us killed without any culpability on him. I mean, that's all correct also. Um, Obviously we can't read Percival's mind because he can tell, but you can try and read Cheryl's. Good plan. Abigail goes to Tony with flowers. Um, She pricks her finger on a thorn and Abigail collects the blood. It's kind of cute. Yeah. Because it's a very well executed plan. It is. Yeah. Like, she does a pretty good job. She kind of nails it. Uh, she says, the roses were so beautiful. I needed your presence to keep them company. She's like, these roses, I purchased them for myself. And then the roses said, will you please take me to Tony? You are not beautiful enough. I need something more beautiful to to own me, please. It's like, all right, simp. <laughs> yeah. Tony's like, uh, hey, uh, what's up? Uh, I'm mad at my boyfriend. So this is actually good timing. What's yeah. Up? <laughs> so then she gets blood on the little handkerchief that after she pricks her finger and but then she doesn't do the ritual anyway so none of this actually means anything or matters oh yeah yeah so like it's cool because you're like because the stakes are high because you're like oh my gosh Thomasina's gonna come back but then they get rid of abigail so it doesn't matter it's only cool when you're watching it the first time oh my god i totally forgot that yeah like and they have like that shot they have the shot of the handkerchief with blood on it and you're like oh my gosh she got it she got the plan it happened and and then it just doesn't happen it just don't worry about it so tony's like i'm sad because i got voted off the council and fangs is in jail and the ghoulies are warring with us and bad things keep happening to me 
So she keeps asking about the ghoulies and she learns via Tony that the ghoulies have a plan to try and kill Archie. And Abigail's like, great, I also want to kill Archie. Yeah, that's also one of my uh, hobbies. Yeah. So Ms. Weiss comes to do a wellness check on baby Anthony and Tony has deja vu from basically this exact same scene in Rivervale, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, then they go to the baby's room and he's been stolen through the window. Little Bobby. Poor little baby Anthony. Um, so this is basically the same lines and everything from that original uh, uh, Rivervale yeah, scene, which was really Yeah, that cool. makes me really suspicious because like, why is Tony suddenly remembering Rivervale? Exactly. Well, I was just like, so Rivervale is like starting to come through or maybe this is just for fun because they needed to have another wellness check and they were like, oh, this will be cool and spooky. I don't know. You I know? don't trust it. Yeah. I think it's funny that even Ms. Weiss calls him baby Anthony. <laughs> He's just baby Anthony. Like, I wonder if his first name actually is baby and his middle name is Anthony. Uh, who knows? Um, that would be hysterical. Thank you. I do not think that we ever found out who told her to come or who asked her to do the wellness check in the Rivervale timeline, but this was clearly Kevin. And so it's presumably also Kevin. Yeah. That's in, what in I would Rivervale. assume. Yeah. yeah. So she's like, you know me, Janet. <laughs> Cause Janet Weiss, you remember? Oh, right, 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 yeah, right, 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 right. I would never do anything to hurt baby Anthony. I literally love him so much. She's like, okay, well, I have to investigate every claim. She said that in Rivervale. Okay, let's go look at the baby. He's asleep in his room. No, he's not. He's out the window. He's been kidnapped. That night, Abigail dresses as a ghoulie and straight up sets Archie on fire. It's kind of funny. Once again, if Archie didn't have his powers, Archie's dead now. Yeah, I, I, if I were Abigail, I would be so confused. Yeah, I'd be like, um, what? But like, yeah, she like literally, standing, why won't this man die? <laughs> she's standing on top of the El Royale. And this look is honestly great. It's amazing. I'm just like, hey, more ghouly looks. Exactly. Thank you. The, like, eyeshadow, like, the eyeliner thing, too. Very like, cool. I don't know where she got any of her, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, where did this look even come from? Exactly, yeah. but I know that I'm happy for her. Yeah. I love that Mads gets to wear so many cool things. I know, she gets the best wardrobe yeah. in the whole show. So the next day at Pops, lots of people gather to help look for baby Anthony. Jughead reads minds to see if anyone secretly knows, but he doesn't find anything. Um, and Archie tells Betty and Jughead about what happened the night before. So they've got this sweet little missing poster and he is so cute. The picture of him, he's got the sweetest little cheeks. He's just a little baby. They say the sheriff and the FBI are also looking for him, but we are also doing it because it's important to find him. So they're doing a grid. It's a 24 hour long thing and everybody get going. So Jughead starts listening to the thoughts and the first guy is at least very nice who is like, oh man, I hope they can find the little baby. Yeah. And all the other thoughts are like, oh, Tony is not fit to be a mother. Oh, she's the leader of the gang. And like, ugh, no one's safe in this town and stuff. And Jughead's yeah, like, Yeah, basically Ooh. just people being a bunch of dicks. Yeah. And so Jughead's like, if anyone knows where he is, they're not here. No. Because he basically, he was listening to see if anyone was like, okay, I'll pretend to look for this baby, but I actually know that he's here. I already know that he's around. Yeah. So they go outside and Archie's like, hey, um, Cheryl tried to kill me again. So maybe, Jughead, we start executing that plan where you go and figure out why? I mean, it's a good idea. This moment was not played as a joke, but I thought it was really funny. Or Jughead was like, okay, I'll go. I hope she doesn't freaking murder me like she's been trying to do. And they're like, okay, yeah, thanks, Jug. <laughs> I thought that moment was so funny. It's not a joke, but... As with all things in Riverdale, it's kind of a joke. Yeah. Tony gets a call from Twyla saying that she has baby Anthony, um, and we see Percival holding him. She says that she'll give him back if Tony and the Serpents show up for a fight, um, and Tabitha is worried about this and wants to bring in Betty, but Tony says no. Uh, Tabitha, once again, the voice of reason. Yeah, so true. Twyla's like, I have your son, and Percival is standing right there, and it's like... Man, Twyla must be in deep with the, like, the enchantment because of the sort of things that he gets her to do. Yeah. You know, like, later when all of the ghoulies die except for her, like, there's no way that she agreed to that. I also think 
Twyla's also just kind of a dick. Yeah. I mean, that's know? true. I also think, I just think it's funny that Percival is just like, oh, uh, get rid of gangs. We don't want the serpents and the ghoulies. And he's actively working with the ghoulies. Yeah. The hypocrisy. It's giving Hiram. Yeah. So we are going to have a fight. The winner gets Riverdale and also your baby. And so Tony's like, fine, I'll be there, but I won't fight until the, I know that the baby is safe. So bring him to Pops and Tabitha will tell me that he's ready. And she says, okay, 10 p.m. in front of the tuna fish warehouse. It's so stupid. Lastly, Tabitha just basically says, I think this is a bad idea. I'm going to do it, but I think it's stupid. And uh, Tony's like, I think she just wants bragging rights to say that she, like, messed me up. I mean. And I'm like, yeah, probably. But, like, then no, because she's been enchanted. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. So Jughead shows up to Thornhill, but Britta says that Abigail won't see him. And she tells him via her thoughts, like, all the crazy stuff that's happening and that she's, like, scared and trapped. It was actually super cute because Jughead, like, doesn't even, like, he's like, hey, just think really loudly and maybe I'll hear it. And Britta's like, well, I've already seen a lot of really weird crap, so I think I'll just go along with it. Yeah. yeah. Sure. And then he, like, fully answers something that she said in her head and she's just like, uh-huh. Like, she just is like- <laughs> Like, she's just like, yeah, yeah, okay, so this guy can read minds. Yeah. <laughs> so she's like, oh, Cheryl can't talk because she's getting ready for something. And he hears her say a ritual- and she's like, well, I can't tell you anything because she knows I'm lying, so I can't say. Because if he, if she went back and she was like, who is it? And she'd be like, a uh, Jughead. And he'd be like, she'd be like, oh, what did you tell him? And she'd be like, nothing. Exactly. And she'd find out that she, like, told him. So think it and I'll hear it. And she just says, okay. Uh, Abigail's in Cheryl's body and is trying to kill people to, bri- to bring back Thomasina. And Jug basically is like, Jesus Christ. Okay, well, all right. <laughs> all right. Well, this might as well happen. Yeah. She's putting Tony into the dead body and Thomasina into Tony. So you wanted to put Tony into like, into Archie? I think it's like part of that transference thing where yeah. like you have to put it in something else. I just can't stop thinking about KJ playing Tony. Yeah. But also then I would complain because then I'd be like, you put this black woman's ah. consciousness into this white man. There's no winning. Stop. <laughs> and oh, I thought it was really lovely that Jughead checked to make sure that she would be okay until the ritual. Yeah, he was like, are you safe until then? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, Jug- Yeah, that was really nice. Boy. Tabitha gets information out of Kevin that the serpents walked into a trap. The police are going to show up and just like arrest slash kill them all. Um, so Tabitha immediately calls Tony, but they can't escape in time. It's actually a super cool scene. And the, like, the Tabitha-Tony friendship gives me so much life. Yeah, I agree, I agree. Um, it's some guy named Walker. Who, Texas Ranger. Who, uh, messes everything up. It's like Walker and Kevin are hanging out at Pops. And Walker is like, no fair, we're on patrol when everyone else gets to commit murder. I want to commit murder. I hate that guy. What the heck? So Tabitha heard it and Kevin's like, oh my god, Walker, shut up. <laughs> Walker, um, come on, man. So Tabitha's like, she's the mother of your child, at least. And I'm like, I don't think is he, she? I don't think he cares at this point. I'm just like, I really thought that baby Anthony straight up wasn't related to Kevin. I'm going to say that. I genuinely thought that Kevin was just there. And that's why he felt okay to just leave. Yeah. Which is what he was, which is what he did. I was pretty sure that was also five. the case. But okay, we keep going back and forth on that. So Tony answers the phone and Tabitha's like, dude, get out of there. It's a trap. But when the police get there, no one dies on like in the ghoulie one. Yeah. And they put down their guns. I honestly was really worried that she was going to get shot, that Tony was going to get shot because she had a phone in her hand. Yeah. And that is historically an excuse that is used by the police to kill people. So I genuinely thought that they were maybe killing Tony here. And I was like, please don't do that. Please don't. Please don't. And- so she's like, put down your guns, and then Percival's like, they're resisting arrest! 
I'm like, and I'm like, no, they're not. How? So then Tony's live streaming before anyone dies because she's just like, we clearly weren't just resisting arrest. He's just saying that so that they have an excuse to kill us. And now I have it on video. I think it's so Great. funny. Like, he looks like an idiot. Yeah. Jug tells uh, Betty and Archie what he learned. So Betty shows up to Cheryl's crying, saying that Archie is dead, which Abigail would completely believe because she murdered Archie. She's like, oh my god, finally. <laughs> and then she chloroforms Abigail so that they can save Cheryl, basically. So they get to uh, Betty's house, and they're like, we have to go to another emergency meeting. And Jughead's like, no, Cheryl needs us. And they're like, really? Because she just tried to murder us. And she's like, no, 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 wait, let me explain. Yeah, let, let me explain. explain. Hold on. So Betty shows up and Lily, as always, is extremely talented and is like, Archie is dead. He was burned alive by a ghoulie. And like, Abigail, could you muster up some acting here? Like, no. if it was Cheryl, Cheryl would be like, what? But Abigail's just like, oh, that's too bad. You want to come in? Yeah, it's it's very funny. Mm-hmm. So then she chloroforms her. And after she's out, she says, Cheryl, if you can hear me, we're here to help you. And I hope that she did. I also hope that she did. Yeah. Percival shows up to the jail and says that Tony's bail was posted by Tabitha because they're in love. Exactly. But she can't leave until the morning. And also all the ghoulies are dead but Twyla. Okay. Okay. So my first note in this scene, God, him in that uniform makes me hate him even more. Yeah. So he's like, oh, are you comfortable in this jail cell? Because you're a gang member, so you hang out in jail cells a lot. Okay. And she's like, okay. Are you sad that you didn't kill all of us? And he's like, hmm, what? That I don't know. What are you talking about? So she's released thanks to Tabitha, but you can't leave until the morning. Is that a rule? No. He's just being a jerk? Yes. Okay. So she's like, can I please appeal to you as a mother who's looking for her baby? And he's like, oh, your baby is fine. We found him in the ghouly lair. Hmm, isn't and that he's crazy? Okay. And everyone died, <laughs> the ghoulies, except for Twyla, who, who ran away. And she's like, okay, where's the baby? And he's like, oh, he's where he should be, with his father. And I immediately, as we were watching the first time, I was like, he's going to say with his father. Yep. Incredible. Ugh. I hate this man. I hate this man. I hate him. Archie, Betty, Jughead, Britta, Nanarose, and Julian. <laughs> this is the weirdest collection of humans. All show up to burn Abigail at the stake again. So they do a ritual and Cheryl is saved and Abigail's soul goes into Julian. Yep. So you look up and it's the blood moon and she's tied to a stake again. I have to say, how can we be sure that we're ju- not just murdering Cheryl again? I mean, okay, my thing is like... We can't keep taking Nana Rose's word for this. No one also... The absolute butchering of Abigail makes me so sad because mm-hmm. we had a whole episode about, like, why she was wonderful yeah. and then they proceeded to just on that. Yeah, and now I'm like, honestly, don't make her worse. Let's just let her go. Yeah. And now she's, like, stuck in the in the soul of the doll now, too, so, yeah. like, she can never reunite with Thomasina? Like... I guess not. Sucks. But I'm just like, how do we 100% know that we're not just burning the body alive and now Cheryl is also dead? Yeah, that you was know? my question as well, but um, the kindling was, like, nowhere near Cheryl. Yeah. So it I was just sort so. of like a performative burning, yeah. one one could say. If you don't expect her soul to go into Julian, why are we bringing Julian? Why is Julian here unless we expect the soul to go into Julian? Wait, was that not planned? Well, Nana Rose, like, let's go, let him go. And goes, oh my God, he twitched in my hands. I think she was just surprised at work. Oh, I thought, I was under the impression that she was just like, oh, that worked out. Oh my <laughs> I was God, like, why did you bring him? That's no, that makes support doll. Your thing makes way more sense. Yeah. So they all start saying, like, the chant that will save Abigail, or will stop Abigail. So then the fire goes out, so they're lucky. <laughs> Cheryl just isn't just dead now. Sure. Um, Julian twitched, and now Cheryl is back. And they're like, Cheryl, is that you? And she's just like, yeah. And I'm like, hey, uh, how about thank you? 
Do you have any thoughts on the fact that you were trapped in a weird person for ages? But Okay. At another town meeting, Percival wants to be the fourth person on the council, and everyone says, okay, <laughs> sure. It's like Percival is on the council because he is like, I am a nice guy. And he's so similar to Hiram, but no way Hiram could ever get on the council like that. Like, no one suspects you know? that this man is evil. I'm like, yeah. all of you are stupid. I know that it's I know that it's magic, but still, I'm still mad. Yeah, I'm, all of you are dumb. So he's nominated for emergency election because Tony is incarcerated right now. <gasps> so Tony's incarcerated? And I think that's part of why, like, I, what, I think that's like that... Yeah, that's that evening. So he, Percival's literally like, hey, you can't get out until the morning. And you know why you can't get out until the morning? Because I have to, to go to the- Because otherwise then you'll show up to the election and ruin my plan. Yep. Yeah. Um, so everyone votes in favor. Great. Yay. After Tony gets out, Kevin, this, the next morning, Kevin brings in the baby and tells Tony that he'll be applying for sole custody of the baby. Kevin, again, you better be enchanted because you're on my shit list. Yeah. Tabitha and Tony get married challenge. Yes. I think Tabitha, both Tabitha and Tony are so good in this, in, in this, uh, in this scene. And they're so pretty together. Too. Like Tabitha hardly has any lines, but she just like, I can just see the fury in her, in her eyes. The, I think the it's amazing. fury is the thing that makes it beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I love them working together. So they're like, so he brings in the baby and they're like, oh, he's now safe and he's where he should be with his mom. And Kevin's like, hey, um, I want to take the baby. I'm like, I want to punch you. Vanessa is so good. It makes me so sad because she is like feeling this in her heart because she has a baby herself now, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's just, it's really realistic. And he's like, it's going to be really easy to win guardianship because you and Fangs were just in jail and I'm a cop, basically. You know what I have to say to that, Kevin? Yeah. A cab. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I just want him to be safe. And then we see Percival watching this happening. God, I hate him. He's such a, he's a great villain. He's a great he's villain. Great. He's very good. Hiram knew he was being bad and was outward about being bad. But this guy is behind like the guise of being good, which is so infuriating. Yeah. It's very well go- It's well, as infuriating well as it is brilliant. It's very well done. It's very well written. I'm very impressed so far. So Betty gets a call from Dr. Curdle Jr., hell yeah, who's got all of the ghouly bodies. And they apparently were killed by the police, but it seems like they all shot themselves. What? So Betty's taking painkillers because her head is killing her. And uh, yeah, sometimes she has to wear sunglasses only outside. Sometimes she wears them inside. I don't know. Dr. Curdle Jr. calls. I'm thrilled. I love him. And he says, hey, 22 ghoulies are dead. The sheriff report says that they were killed by deputies, but it looks like they killed themselves. And I'm like, of course the sheriff report is lying. Hmm. Um, Here's my thing. Percival, why wouldn't you tell them to shoot each other? Because then it wouldn't be so suspicious. Oh my you know? god, no, that's really funny. Yeah, like I know it's so that Dr. Curl Jr. can be like, hey, something spooky weird happened. But like, if you wanted to really do it, would Percival not be like, guys, shoot each other so it looks like somebody else shot you and not yourself? That's hysterical. The Blossoms, okay, I'm excited to hear your thoughts on this. Okay. The Blossoms locked Julian in a cupboard like Annabelle and also gave him a little wig. Cheryl lights the candles to finally end the curse. What in the fuck? This is, no, this is so funny to me because it's straight up Annabelle. It's the wig though. That's my favorite part. The wig is so funny. They're like, oh, well, it's a girl. So we got to put a wig on. Yeah, Abigail would hate to have short hair now. Exactly. (laughs) But like the part that cracks me the hell up is just like literally putting her in a glass cabinet 
from Annabelle. Like, yes. that's that's what Annabelle's in. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen the film and even I knew that. Yeah, it just made me laugh so much. I was like, I see what y'all are doing and you know what? I actually do appreciate it. It's an homage. It. It's an homage yeah. and I love it. Yeah. If you actually do need her to be exercised, you should call the Warrens. Yeah. You guys are screwed otherwise. And so she lights the candles again and earlier we had been told that the candles burning out meant that the curse would be over. And so I'm like, okay, so is the curse going to be over? Are they going to lose their powers now? But then she said that the candles, like, they always need to be burning so that Abigail will never escape. So I'm like, so what do the candles do? The candles do a lot. A lot of things. Okay. The candles do a lot. And it's not up to us to know that. Yeah. And if you guys like candles, you should check out Lost and Found Candles. Oh, promo. Give it a Google. Um, Our friend Casey makes some beautiful candles and they all smell delicious. And you should check them out. That was well done. Thanks. Lastly, Archie, Betty, and Jughead discuss Percival again. And uh, they think that he's not trying to take over the town, but trying to destroy it. Uh, which makes sense, I guess. That's correct. But I'm not really sure why he's trying to destroy it. That's still unclear. That's not for us to know. Yeah. So we did save Cheryl, but while we were gone, Percival has taken over the town. And it's embarrassing because now he's on the council and we formed the council. Yeah. Humiliating. Yeah, they've definitely been beaten at their own game. So they're like, he's trying to take over the town. Listen, Hiram was trying to do that and we stopped Hiram so we could stop Percival. And Archie's like, no, I don't think he's trying to take over the town. I think he's trying to destroy the town. I think Archie's right. I think Archie's right too. Uh, I'm still not really 100% sure why, but I think Archie's right. Mm, chaos. Now it's time for our segments. Uh, my first segment is which character needs a hug the most? It's going to Tony this episode, my friends. Yeah, Tony needs infinite hugs. Yeah, I'm going to give my honorable mention to Reggie, actually, because uh, his dad is dying. But uh, definitely, definitely Tony this episode. Yeah. Yeah. And my segment is which MILF was the most badass? Easy. Also Tony. Easy. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. That's MILF excellence. Yeah. Like, if I could give her a thousand awards, I would. Yeah, 100%. I love her. What's Sam shipping the most? Okay, may I give you, uh, since you are uh, hesitating, may I please give you uh, sure. a-, a suggestion? It's Tabitha and Tony. Yes. Yeah, yes, it's it definitely, it's Tabitha <laughs> and Tony. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Uh, my next segment is, is Chick dead or what? I don't know. Is Hiram dead? Who? I, I also don't know. Uh, yeah, that, uh, okay. Okay. No, we need to talk about this. Okay. We need to talk about this. Okay. The Hiram thing. Yeah. So we have been saying no body, no crime. Yeah. And at the Riverdale Paley Fest. Ooh, tell me. I don't think I saw this. Someone asked, is Hiram dead? Uh-huh. And Roberto said, no. <laughs> <laughs> he just straight said no? Yes. Wow. Well, is Hiram dead? No. I might um, keep doing this segment until they tell us, though. I put it in our text, but I think... Oh, yeah, I must they have were No, it. they were back-to-back because it, the American Psycho musical thing was in there, oh, too. And obviously, yes, your brain have. said, I must focus on this. Yes, which but I'm yes, thrilled about. I love a Big musical. hot news from Paley Fest. Hiram We've been dead. new. Hiram's not dead. Wow. Great. Uh, and now it's time for our Best Line Award. My Best Line Award goes to Betty and Archie for... Tony that's gone. I already did. I already did. Imagine, don't eat that scone. Don't eat that scone. Don't eat that scone. Good. And mine goes to Abigail and Betty for, you dare burn me again. As many times as it takes, bitch. Betty's really funny. Lily is so good at any line that ends with bitch. Yes. Or has bitch in it. I'm specifically reminded of, no bitch, it's your sister. And this bitch towards Ethel. It's funny as hell. Um, Yeah, she's just great at it. 
And I said, thank you. As for our trailer thoughts, um, this is the blurb for next episode. The world's toughest man. To get the town of Riverdale out from under Percival's grip, Archie, Jughead, and Betty devise a plan to turn Archie into a modern-day folk hero by performing a series of impossible feats. Meanwhile, Percival takes aim at Veronica, Tony, and Tabitha, pitting them and their businesses against one another. Finally, after falling ill, Cheryl makes a surprising discovery about herself. She's gay. (laughs) She's like, what? I'm interested in women. What? So here's what I got from the trailer. We've got a boxing match between Archie, between Archie and Percival. Who the hell is Archie? God, I love the inexplicable episodes where Archie has to fight someone. Yeah, it's like, why is this happening? I don't know, but I know I'm having a good time. They happen once or twice a season. And I just think it's so funny. It is. Every time. I'm just like, why is he punching people? Who cares? Uh, Percival says, me against you, winner takes all. And I guess he called Archie on the phone to invite him. Why does Percival know how to box suddenly? I don't know. Okay. Everyone knows how to box on this show. Yeah. Uh, we see Archie training in the garage or a basement or the El Royale. I couldn't totally tell where it was. Jughead says, the whole town is going to be rallied behind you. Jughead, you know the whole town is with Percival. That's just not true. <laughs> yeah. Jughead, he, listen, he has to lie to him. Yeah. We see Cheryl screaming in the dark. I assume she's having a nightmare. Probably. In regards to the thing she's figuring out about herself or something. Veronica says, I'm sorry, what did you just say? Which is just such a trailer thing to put in a trailer. (laughs) And then Cheryl says, spontaneous human combustion? And we see someone in Thornhill, maybe the school, and it's just like ash in a chair with some tennis shoes sitting there. Y'all, I am concerned. Betty says, stranger things have happened in Riverdale, and Cheryl's crying about it, which almost makes me feel like it might have been Britta. Yeah. But it feels like she's too important now for them to just kill her like that? Like, literally spontaneously? No, it's, like, genuinely a fear of mine that mm-hmm. they killed Britta, because I'm like, please don't. Yeah. She's so cute. Yeah, I love her. So, that would suck for her to finally be free and then just die? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know who it is, but clearly Cheryl is really freaked out about it, so I have no idea. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Brittany's voice is tired, so I'm doing this outro all by myself. You're gonna kill it. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Uh, thanks to Sam for hanging out while we recorded this podcast in the background. Uh, please, if you're so inclined, write us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. That would be super helpful. If you're a fan of The 100, we like to talk about that show too. We did seasons four to seven as they were airing, and now we're going back to do the good old days, starting with season three, ending with season one. If you're a fan of Lost, we like to talk about that show too. We are almost done season three. It is our longest, most big brain podcast. We have guests over there and also a spoiler section at the end. So you can listen along while you're watching for the first time. I would be honored. That podcast is my baby. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, we like to talk about that show too. We have an episode for every single episode of Stranger Things. And we also just put out um, our thoughts on the brand new trailer that came out this week. So definitely go and check that out and get caught up before season four comes out because we are going to be posting our thoughts on that too. You can follow at The Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube, all over the place, mostly Twitter, to be honest. And I post our favorite line awards as gifts on Tumblr. So check that out. Our Patreon, like I said earlier, is patreon.com slash theafficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because it is expensive. It's free for you to listen to, but it's not free to make. And we really appreciate your help. There's lots of really cool things that you can get um, if you join, uh, which hopefully make it worth it, worth it for you. If not, just recommend us to a friend uh, or check out some of our other podcasts. Those are free. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. You can follow Brittany at Britannia, B-R-I-T-D-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. That's me. Our next episode is episode 610. It's called Folk Heroes. It doesn't seem like this is a reference to any piece of media in particular, but the definition of a folk hero is... 
Uh, a folk hero or national hero is a type of hero. Can you believe it? What? Real, fictional, or mythological with their name, personality, and deeds embedded in the popular consciousness of a people, mentioned frequently in folk songs, folk tales, and other folklore, and with modern trope status in literature, art, and films. So, okay. Sure. Cool. We'll see you guys next time. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye.